Hey there, and welcome back to Business Strategy. I have a question for you. In your business, are you pursuing a differentiation or a cost leadership strategy? Or maybe you're pursuing both. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in the right place because that's what we're gonna dive into in this episode. I'm gonna explain what these two approaches mean and how you can implement one or both of them within your organization. Now, before we dive in, let's level set and talk about value creation. If you've listened to enough of my episodes by now, you know I'm a huge advocate for strategy and finance because I believe value is created at the intersection of these two functions. In other words, value is created in three ways. Number one, through price premiums. Number two, through cost and capital efficiencies. And number three, through strategic growth. Now, I put the word strategic in front of growth because it's easy to grow or relatively easy to grow, but there's good growth and there's bad growth. Good growth is when you can scale the organization in a manner that allows you to still maximize value along the way. Bad growth is when you grow the business so quickly that you run out of capital, your systems fall apart, your customers leave you, your employees quit, whatever it may be, but you ultimately kill the business. So we want to focus on strategic growth because that's where good growth comes from. Now, it's important to understand how value is created You know, the, through those three things. Let me repeat them again. Price premiums, cost and capital efficiencies, and strategic growth. But it's not enough to just know the financial levers. Instead, you have to combine strategies or more specifically, you have to create strategic initiatives which will allow you to optimize these financial value drivers. Okay, so that's where these things come together. Now, there are two fundamental approaches to strategy that businesses adopt to achieve a competitive advantage or to maximize value in the marketplace. These strategies proposed by Michael Porter in his seminal work on competitive strategy represent distinct ways in which a company can position itself relative to its competitors. So let me provide you with an explanation of both approaches. And during this episode, I want you to be thinking about your business and how these things relate specifically to your company. The first approach to strategy is differentiation. Now, the objective of differentiation strategy is to stand out in the market by offering unique products or services that are valued by customers. Now, you can provide unique products and services, but if customers don't value them, if these products and services aren't addressing a pain point in helping customers to make progress or to overcome a certain obstacle that they may be facing, then they're just unique for unique sake. Now, if you think back to the Segway, if you don't know what a Segway is, go ahead and Google it. But essentially, a Segway is a two-wheeled, self-balancing personal transportation device. It is known for its distinctive design, featuring this slender, upright frame with a platform for the rider to stand on and handlebars for steering. The system is powered by electric motors and it relies on a system of sensors and other devices to maintain balance. Now, the only time I see Segways is when I'm traveling and I see groups standing on these things and they're, they're taking tours of cities. But before that, the, the whole idea was that the Segway was gonna completely revolutionize the way that people move around. It was this mobility device that was gonna radically change you know, the world and probably disrupt bicycles and walking and cars and all this other stuff, but it was a complete flop. And the reason why it was a flop is because sure, it was unique and distinct, but it didn't really solve a true customer pain point. So therefore, when it comes to differentiation strategy, 
you know, you want to make sure that your products and services are unique, but you also want to ensure that they're solving a specific problem that a customer is experiencing or you're helping them to make progress. Otherwise, customers aren't going to value what you have to offer. Okay, here's some key characteristics of a differentiation strategy. Number one is the value proposition. So in a differentiation strategy, the focus is on creating products or services that are distinct from those of competitors, often through innovation, design, or brand image. Okay, so that's your value prop when it comes to this approach. The second characteristic is premium pricing. Since you have distinct products and services, you are then able to charge higher prices for the unique value that's provided, leveraging the perception of higher quality or added features. This goes back to the intro where I said there are three ways to maximize value in a firm. And one of them is through garnering price premiums. And that's what I'm talking about here. Because your products are unique and the perceived value is higher than the price, customers are willing to pay more compared to what competitors may be charging for their products and services. Now, the third characteristic of a differentiation strategy is brand image. So the goal is to build a strong brand image to enhance customer loyalty and create connection between the brand and the unique value that it offers. And finally, the fourth characteristic is innovation. There's this emphasis on a culture of innovation to introduce new and distinctive features that set the product or service apart. Now, let me give you a couple examples of companies that pursue a differentiation strategy. Number one, we have Apple. Apple is famous for its differentiated products, sleek design and innovative features, which positions itself as a premium brand. So when you go into an Apple store, it's a completely different experience than anything else out there. I mean, the stores are so simple, they're so sleek, they're so cool, they just have this wow factor. Even my kids who are seven and 10, they like to go to the Apple store because it's just cool, it's fun. The gadgets are, are really neat to look at, to play with. And that's what Apple's been able to do is create this brand that is known for innovation. Another company that pursues a differentiation strategy is Tesla. So Tesla's electric cars with cutting edge technology and emphasis on sustainability differentiate the company in the automotive industry. So think about Tesla compared to Ford, right? Ford is pursuing more of a cost leadership strategy, which we'll get into in a minute versus Tesla, which is trying to be unique and revolutionize the, the marketplace. So those are a few examples. I'm sure you could think of many more, but within your business, you should be asking yourself now, are you pursuing a differentiation strategy? Does this sound like an approach you are following right now? Or maybe you don't know, maybe you're not sure which approach you're following and that's fine. Let's just keep going. And let me explain some advantages to a differentiation strategy. And then we're going to get into cost leadership. So some advantages of a differentiation strategy include number one, brand loyalty. So customers may develop a strong loyalty due to the unique features or brand image. Go back to Apple. I mean, some people are zealots when it comes to Apple and Apple products. So they will only have an Apple phone. And if you don't have an Apple phone, you know, they may look at you um, slightly weird. So that's when you're like super loyal to the brand. And that could be really powerful for a company because number one, it reduces marketing costs. And it also decreases your customer acquisition costs because you don't have to go out there and acquire more and more customers every single year just to increase your sales. Instead, you can upsell and cross-sell to an existing customer base. The second advantage of a differentiation strategy is premium pricing. So higher profit margins are possible 
due to the ability to charge premium prices. Now, remember, when perceived value exceeds price, customers buy. When price exceeds perceived value, customers don't buy. What most companies do is that when their perceived value out there in the marketplace is lower than the price, customers aren't buying, then they will lower the price to match the perceived value so customers start buying again. However, discounting is never a good strategy because it erodes profit margins super quick. So instead of doing that, if, if customers aren't buying your products and services and your products and services are actually solving a, a true problem of a customer, then you may have an issue with your perceived value. And this is where you can strengthen your brand, your marketing, just your overall image, your value prop, how you sell your products and services, your customer experience, whatever it may be, but investing in these things will allow you to increase your perceived value while also maintaining the right price level so your company can make money. The third advantage of a differentiation strategy is reduced sensitivity to price changes. So Warren Buffett, the billionaire investor, he said some of the best businesses are those where they can raise prices by 10% and they don't lose a ton of customers. So think about your business. If you go and raise prices by 10% right now, how many of your customers would you lose? Are customers super sensitive to your prices? And if they are, then you may be following a cost leadership strategy, which we're about to get into here in just a minute. So in a differentiation strategy though, because they value your products and services and the unique features and the distinctiveness of your brand, they may be willing to pay more for your products and services compared to other companies. So it's a great spot to be in if you can pursue a differentiation strategy and you can be unique in the marketplace. Because I could tell you when I go into companies and I turn them around or I help them to maximize their profits, one of the fastest ways in least disruptive ways to do that is through price premiums. If you can raise your prices, even if it's by five or 10%, it has a significant impact on the bottom line. I mean, think about it. Let's just say your company does $100 in revenue and it has profits of $10, okay? So a 10% profit margin. If you're able to raise your prices by 10%, okay? For just simplicity's sake, and instead of $100 in revenue, it goes up to $110 because you increase your prices by 10%. Well, then that all drops to the bottom line because it's not like your costs go up as well. So now instead of having $10 in profits, you have $20 in profits. Increasing your prices by 10% doubles your bottom line. So there is huge power for companies that are able to garner price premiums. Okay, let's talk about the second approach to strategy, which includes cost leadership. The objective of a cost leadership strategy is to achieve a competitive advantage by becoming the low cost producer in the industry. Now, this is where some people go rogue when it comes to strategy. So let me just say this one more time. When I'm talking about being the low cost producer, I'm not talking about being the low price producer. I'm talking about cost. Now your cost may be comparative to your rivals, but we're really talking about lowering your cost structure. If your cost structure is high and you lower your prices, okay, this isn't a low price strategy. This is a low cost strategy. But so if you lower your prices, but your cost structure is high, guess what? You're going to go bankrupt. In this approach, we're not talking about being the cheap person, okay, by offering low prices. 
we're talking about being super creative and innovative and effective when it comes to managing your cost and your capital. So let's explore the key characteristics of a cost leadership strategy. This includes capitalizing on the ability to produce goods or services in large quantities, which then leads to lower per unit cost. So if you're able to expand operations and you have economies of scale, your cost structure is inherently going to be lower. The second key characteristic is operational efficiency. So organizations that can implement streamlined and efficient operational processes are then able to minimize costs through the value chain. So that's super critical. Number three is pricing strategy. This is when you can offer products or services at lower prices than competitors aiming to capture a larger market share. But okay, the big but is you're able to offer lower prices because remember what I said before, because your cost structure is also lower. Okay. It's not about just offering lower prices with a high cost structure. And then number four is cost control. So if you can implement rigorous cost control measures to maintain a focus on efficiency and cost reduction, then you're going to be able to successfully implement a cost leadership strategy. Now there are two companies here that do a really good job with cost leadership. Number one is Walmart. So Walmart is a classic example of cost leadership, offering a wide range of products at low prices by leveraging economies of scale and operational efficiency. Now Walmart has it down. When you think about their distribution and their logistics, no wonder why they're able to dominate in the retail space. The second company is Southwest airlines, which focuses on low cost operations in the airline industry, offering budget friendly travel options. Now here's the cool thing about Southwest though. I love Southwest. I'm super bullish on Southwest. They're also able to pursue a differentiation strategy as well, which makes them super powerful in the airline industry. I'll explain that here in just a minute, but let's talk about their low cost operations. Think about Southwest in most areas, not, not all, but in most areas, they tend to favor secondary airports such as in Dallas. So when you think about Dallas at DFW airport, the main airport Southwest isn't located there. Instead, they have operations flying out of love field, a secondary airport. The reason why is because it's cheaper there. So therefore they're able to keep their costs down. The same thing is true with Chicago where they fly out of Midway airport instead of O'Hare. They do this in order to keep their costs down because it's cheaper, but also the traffic is less. So they're able to turn their planes a lot faster. Also think about their boarding process. Other airlines will issue a ticket with a boarding group. So think about like United airlines or American or whoever it may be. You have a boarding group and on your ticket, it says boarding group number three, for example, and you go to board the plane and there's somebody in aisle three trying to get situated. They're trying to put their bag up top and you're waiting for them forever. It makes the line a lot longer and therefore it takes more time for the airline to depart and turn their planes around, which increases their cost because they're doing less flights with more staff, more people, and, and so on and so forth. Instead with Southwest, you're given a boarding group, A, B, and C, and it's like, okay, hey, get in line and just get on the plane, pick whatever seat you want. And so logistically Southwest has been able to figure this out, but here's the intelligent thing in the whole process. This is where I love Southwest. They're able to do these things, but they do it in a way that enhances the customer experience. That's what it's all about is delivering an exceptional customer experience along the way. 
It doesn't matter if you're pursuing a differentiation or cost leadership approach. Either way, if you can figure out how to deliver an exceptional experience to the customer, then you're going to be in a great spot. So Southwest, think about it. Who doesn't want the freedom to choose their own seat? Now, sure, some people don't want that, but for most people, they like that freedom to choose wherever they want to sit on the plane. So not only does it allow the company to efficiently board the plane, but it also gives customers freedom of choice. Also think about Southwest where they're not charging for bags. They're not trying to nickel and dime their customers for everything. Instead, it's just built into the price. They also don't charge change fees and they do all these things, which allows them to simplify the whole entire process and allows them to be more efficient while also delivering this great experience and higher perceived value for their customers. In fact, do you know that Southwest, their biggest competitor is not United Airlines, it's not Delta, it's not American. Instead, it's the automobile. That's what Southwest is all about, is competing with the automobile and providing a low cost alternative for people who wanna fly instead of drive. Let's talk about some advantages of a cost leadership approach. First, you have price competitiveness. So the ability to offer lower prices can attract a large customer base. Number two is market share. Cost leadership can lead to a dominant market position and increased market share. Now let's pause here real quick and let's talk about Amazon and their approach. Number one, they're pursuing a differentiation strategy because their platform and tech is very unique and distinctive. You know, it's super easy to buy things on Amazon versus other companies online where you have to enter your credit card every time and the user experience is just full of friction. So Amazon has removed the friction and they've made it very, very easy to buy products and to find exactly what you're looking for. So here they are pursuing this differentiation strategy, but also when they started and even now to a point, they're also competing on low cost. So they have low cost because they have these logistics, but they're also able to underprice some of their products just to get rid of the competition. The reason why they're able to do it is because they're sitting on so much capital. So remember before where I said, if you lower your prices, but you're not controlling your cost, you're gonna go out of business. Well, Amazon's able to do that because they are sitting on a ton of capital. So if you're sitting on a ton of capital, maybe you can do this, but it's not always advisable to pursue this approach. But by offering lower prices, sometimes at a loss, Amazon has been able to capture market share very quickly. Lastly, the third advantage of a cost leadership strategy is profit stability. The focus on cost efficiency often results in stable profits, even in competitive markets, if you could do it right. Now, there are some considerations to a cost leadership strategy. Number one is price wars. So if you go down this path, you may experience intense competition on price, which may lead to price wars with competitors. Think about Walmart and Amazon, where sometimes they engage in this type of behavior. And another consideration is innovation challenges. So the emphasis on cost reduction may sometimes hinder investment in innovation and differentiation because you're keeping your cost structure so low and you're squeezing out as much efficiency as possible. There may not be a lot of room for innovation, which may hurt your ability to introduce new products and services or quality products out there in the marketplace. So which one are you pursuing? Are you pursuing a differentiation strategy or are you pursuing a cost leadership strategy? Some companies, if they can do it right, which it's really hard to do, let me just say that, but if they can pursue both, 
then they are going to have a competitive advantage and they're going to probably perform really well from a financial perspective. I've seen companies that, that do this really well and they thrive in this area. But I could tell you, it's really hard because if you want to be unique and distinctive, you have to invest heavily into your brand, into the customer experience. You have to pour a lot of money into innovation while at the same time, you have to keep your cost structure super low compared to your rivals. And so balancing those two things could be really challenging for some organizations. But if you could figure it out, or if you could do a blend in some areas, then you could do it really well. Where some companies go wrong is they try to pursue both and they do neither approach really well. And that's where they can hurt themselves and even kill their business. So I would say my advice is pick one or the other. Either go after a differentiation strategy and be unique, be distinctive, garner price premiums and go after that type of strategy or go after a cost leadership strategy and be super focused on lowering your cost structure, being more innovative, more efficient, more effective in your processes so you can offer products and services at the same price as your rivals but have a bigger margin because your cost structure is lower or you offer lower prices because your cost structure is ultimately lower than your competitors and you're still earning margin and you're able to capture more market share. So that's what I wanted to discuss with you today as you're thinking about your business and ways to enhance your strategy. This is something really critical to determine and you should know very clearly which approach, if not both, that you're pursuing. But be very, very clear on this. Make sure everybody within your organization understands very clearly which strategy you're pursuing and what you're all about. Okay, if you need any help along the way, you can go to cultivar.com. There are several ways to get in touch with us, but be sure to connect with us if you need help and if you want us to work with your organization. And in the meantime, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have business questions and you want to be featured on this podcast, send me an email at contact at cultivar.com and either type out your question or send a video or voice recording stating your name, your location, and what's on your mind. If you want to increase your financial intelligence, be sure to check out my other podcast called Boosting Your Financial IQ. All right, you have new knowledge. Go out there and execute. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.